106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. How long do you think it will be until it's safe for vaccinated people to once again be indoors without a mask? You know, I it's always tough to predict that. I think if we continue to go down in the cases that we're seeing right now and more and more people get vaccinated as the dynamics of the outbreak, namely the amount of virus circulating in the community goes down, I hope we'll be able to pull back on some of those restrictions to get closer to what we really feel is normal in the community. I hope that's soon, but I can't give a prediction of a date on that, Dana. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thank you for coming, everyone. This is, this is an important issue that we need to talk. The American people have endured terrible things over the past year due to the shutdowns from COVID-19. And I'm very proud to sponsor the Fire Fauci Act, and I'm grateful to my colleagues here for co-sponsoring this bill because the American people deserve answers. The Fire Fauci Act will bring Dr. Fauci's salary down to zero and also will require the Senate to confirm someone to fill his position. You see, Dr. Fauci was not elected by the American people. He was not chosen to guide our economy. He was not chosen to rule over parents and their children's education. But yet, Dr. Fauci very much controlled our lives for the past year. Dr. Fauci, there is a lot of information that needs to come out on him. And as you all have seen with the emails that came out, that he owes the American people a lot of answers, but he also owes the world a lot of answers. These are emails that are very important that you all need to make sure that you're sharing with the public because the public has suffered greatly. I got no more use for this guy. and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. <clears throat> it is uh, October 16th, the 21st, 2021st year since uh, Jesus was around. Maybe you didn't know that that's how we've been counting on the years, 2021. This is our 133rd episode if you want to track back or check this out somewhere thank you for listening if you're new to us uh, we do this every week we also do a live show on kmyc 14 10 a.m out here in northern california if you're too far away to listen to that and you wanted to listen to the live show 
you could go to live365.com, live365.com, and then click on radio and then put KMYC if you want to listen to the live show. That happens from 10 to 1 on Saturdays, left coast time, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, it's also posted a recording of it on Facebook at uh, It's Yuba City and more. This this show uh, will be uh, recorded on, of course, you're, if you picked us up on a podcast source, it will be there. But all of the podcasts for No Hostages Radio are located at nohostagesradio.com, along with some articles. So if you want to reach out to me, you certainly can. And you can do that by emailing at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Or you could call me or text me at uh, 530-713-1888. Three eight one more time five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. All right, I wanted to uh, you know a friend of mine said, "Oh, I I was glad last week you didn't talk about COVID the whole time." <clears throat> you know what I was, I was thinking about that comment. Really, the issue isn't COVID right now, and uh, we are in a fight in America, and actually. Although the media is censoring the news from abroad, uh, there is a tremendous uprising in other countries, and people are done. They're done with this. In France, there's been a massive uh, uprising in protests in the streets. I'm talking about when you look down the street and you don't see any asphalt. You just see solid bodies as far as you can see. But because the media is on the side of the takeover uh, an establishment of a one-world government and micromanaging whoever's left on the earth after they kill off about 7 billion. If you think that's strange, just go read the United Nations document. It's on the Internet. Uh, you can read a, a United Nations document, Agenda 21. And now there's an Agenda, th- two thir- agenda 30, or 2030. So... There are major uprisings going on, um, and and this isn't about an illness. This is just the, uh, you know, if you look, think of it in terms of baseball, uh, the bat or home plate is just a part of the game. So uh, the, the game is much bigger than just one bag or one bat or one plate. It's just a part of the whole dyn- dynamic. And so what's happening with COVID is that a group of people decided to do punk to punk the earth and to use the common cold, a common cold virus, and to make it sound like it was going to kill everybody and it were going to be a mass casualty situation. And there'll be so many deaths that you'd have to stack people up in refrigerated trucks. I'm not exaggerating any. And they, they, the idea was to scare people, scare people to death, and to uh, cause people to be disoriented, uh, as they call that a psychological operation, or for short, they call it a psyop. And so that went on with the thing of you got to put a mask on, you don't have to put a mask on, wash the, wash the counters, you know, continuously. 
uh, stay in the house. You can't even go to the park. You can't walk around the block. You can't do this. You can't do that. Just to harass. And uh, those are what we call psychological terrorism. And the idea is to wear people down till to uh, the point that they'll accept anything. They'll plead for relief. Then they threw in the vaccine, which isn't a vaccine. It, it's damaging people's um, immune system. They threw in the vaccine with the idea, if you take the vaccine, then you won't have to do, do all these other things. Stand six feet apart, wear a mask, wear a shield, wash your hands incessantly, and do all the things that are terrible for your health. Like, it's not good to wash your hands incessantly. It's not good to stay separated from people. You should kiss and hug people, touch people, shake their hands. Uh, it's not good to stay in your house all the time, etc. You get it? So this was all a psyop to frustrate, confuse, and exasperate the population of the world and to wear people out till they would just say, you know, jab me all you want. I don't care where you jab me. I don't care what's in that syringe. If a white coat's giving it to me, I trust them. The unfortunate thing is now we can no longer trust politicians, uh, which we haven't been for years, but now we can no longer trust the medical community, which has been politicized. And so we have a situation. I was just talking. I was picking up David Martin at the airport, um, and he has been on YouTube until they removed him. And he's speaking uh, at a conference, COVID-Con. You could go and probably uh, pay to watch it online or recorded. Uh, COVID-Con Summit. And uh, he. so I, I drove him up. And wherever he has, uh, he was one of the first guys to stand up and say, this is a fraud. This is planned. This was uh, all predictable. And they're doing it right in front of us and still buffaloing people. And so for the people that stood up like David Martin and others, Judy Mikovits, Sherry Tenpenny, they are being castigated, uh, shamed, and uh, maligned on the Internet. So you can still go over and watch them over in places like Rumble and BitChute, but not on YouTube so much. So we were talking on the way back from the airport, the Sacramento airport, he and his wife and another couple and... And we and he said, you know, Lou, I'm just at the point where at some point human beings need to take responsibility for their life. And you tell them what the truth is, and they, they kind of look skeptical at you or mock you, but they're not willing to do their own research. So at some point, it's sort of the survival of the fittest. That's one of the things that Charles Darwin did get right, one of the few things. Uh, Charles Darwin, by the way, was a descendant of a Satanist and a racist. And uh, so we're still propagating his lies in every school today and trying to convince kids that it's true that we evolved from a monkey. But but the fact is that, that there is an element of survival of the fittest, and for the people that will not settle down and figure this out, uh, they're going to perish. And so what I'm talking about on this show is doing my best to equip and inform people that are really interesting, interested in, in a, being a part of the resistance, just like there were many people in, the, in France, the French resistance, the Polish resistance, uh, 
there was a resistance that formed the Nazi resistance. In fact, I had uh, breakfast with a German family today, immigrants from Germany, and they were talking about how their grandparents informed them of how one of the great, the, the greatest country in the world at that time, the sharpest country, the br- most brilliant country in the world, had could go completely Nazi and begin killing off many, many of their own neighbors, just killing their neighbors. So uh, I'm here to equip and and do my best to, whether on local issues, for those that are hearing me, uh, this show, this podcast is a little bit more global than, say, the radio broadcast, because I talk about a lot of personal things there, local personal things. But I try to include some here, too, because some folks can't get to the radio station for some reason. So anyway, my my pitch here is that you have to do your own research, and that's politics, um, culture, and the 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 attempted takeover of your life. Now, uh, I just I'm, I'm in touch with the Vietnam a few times a week. And right now, you cannot go for a drive in Vietnam. You can't take your motorbike or your car and just go take a drive. You you will be stopped by the police, and they ask you may where are you going, what's your purpose, and and maybe even turned around and told to go home. Uh, you can't travel from state to state or what they call their province to province. Uh, they're forcing, trying to force people to be vaccinated there, just like they're trying to do here. We're going to talk about that a bit later. Uh, we've had some major airline failings recently. They lied. Listen, the, the, I've told people over and over again, please turn off your television. Please turn off the mainstream news. Uh, it's pollution. It's, it's like taking a little bit of poison every day. And you need to find people that you trust. I mean, v- brilliant people. And uh, there are a lot of them out there that know exactly what's going on and they know the way to go. So that's what we're trying to do here is guide people. So we, we're fighting at the local level. We're fighting at the state level. We're fighting at the federal level. And we're even fighting globally. And there are people in this world that are evil. And they they look at people citizens of the world as just kind of nuisances because they have that Aryan or that white supremacist uh, attitude that that we have so much money that obviously we're brighter than the average person much brighter and so we're the best of the best right we're the primo of the race and therefore we can eliminate all this scrapping and fighting over global warming and all these issues, resources, the perishing resources, the liberals believe. And uh, we can eliminate all that fighting by just simply eliminating about 7 billion people of the world and leave about a half a billion. And they think that's manageable. And what that would be is you would be vaccinated with a chip or with a metallic um, inf- information or item in the vaccine and 5g could literally follow you and track you and even change your behavior this isn't this isn't like futuristic this is happening right now 
the military can already do these things as send sounds and, and confuse the enemy. So that's what's going on. And um, so we are fighting at a number of levels, whether it's at the city council meetings over 5G or we're fighting at the uh, the supervisors meetings in the counties to try to get health officers fired that are corrupt. And they're literally killing people. I just talked to somebody today, a medical medical person and they knew all about they used to sell pharmaceuticals to doctors that was their job and she knew exactly what remdesivir does and remdesivir is a great uh product to use early in a virus but at the end when you got really sick from the virus and you're in the icu it will crash your it will cause your system to get poisoned and crash your kidneys that's exactly what's happening. That's what Fauci told everybody to do. And it, the the idea is to eliminate people in the ICU, and they're eliminating a lot. Of, there's a lot of them dying. It's interesting that the uh, the local health officers, the state health officers, and the federal health officers have created a massive fraud by making you think all these people are sick with COVID, and they really aren't sick. It's just a faulty PCR test. And so they're they're piling on statistics. They're creating a statistical uh, mountain uh, that's a fraud. And uh, the flu disappeared last year. Eighty thousand deaths of the flu disappeared, and they rolled that all into COVID. And at the same time, so in other words, if you got hit by a truck and they checked your blood, uh, and you died, and they checked your blood, and you had any. Uh, evidence there that COVID had been in your system, even though you didn't get sick from it, they're going to call you a COVID death. Totally fraudulent. But now, as people are dying from the shot, they will not call those uh, vaccine deaths. And they're covering up that and hiding that. So right now, there's uh, there's starting to be pushback in some industries. The airline industry is one. I just picked someone up by the airport. They got bumped from last night to in the morning or in the midday. And uh, there's thousands of airline employees that are pushing back. And uh, you don't need everybody. You just need some. So we're seeing a lot of... Uh, Shakedown in industries, and I'll be talking some about all of that in a minute. This one guy writes on this meme, don't trust or take medical advice from anyone who would leave your ass in Afghanistan. I think that's great, a great meme. Another one, no one who had the polio, MMR, chickenpox, influenza, hep B, or other vaccine ever worried about someone unvaccinated giving them the disease. Did you catch that? No one who had polio, MMRs, chickenpox, influenza, and all these other vaccines ever worried about someone unvaccinated giving them the disease. And the guy says, no, that stupidity started in 2021. There's been so many stupid things told to you and me. It's no wonder people are just constantly confused. All the mandates... The edicts from the governor have nothing to do with health whatsoever. It has everything to do with following a master plan to manage society. And that's and, and if you haven't noticed, 
uh, we're trying to get we're like a we're like a uh, groping man on the on the uh, the canvas in a fight and we're been knocked silly and you're trying to get up on two feet and and it's just <clears throat> constantly confusing out there this doctor wrote nurse told me about an a uh, an, an orthopedic surgeon in her hospital who was a year away from retirement who submitted a religious exemption and was denied. He said, forget it. Cancel all my surgeries and I'll retire early. Suddenly they called him and said, resubmit your exemption and it will be accepted. Then the hospital sent out a letter to all the people who submitted religious exemptions and were denied, inviting them to reapply and telling them four bullet points to say in the letter to get cleared. Can The guy says, can we say panic attack? Stand your ground and fight back. Someone will hire you. So what we have is people like Adventist Health. I just saw that's who we have a hospital here, Adventist Health. They took over right out hospital a number of years ago. And I was really happy about it because I thought Adventist Health, you know, Loma Linda Hospital, you know, the Adventists have, have done uh, set a high standard in health. Uh, at least I thought so. I had surgery done over at St. Helena. Uh, it was very, in fact, two of my friends, all, we all had, in, coincidentally, uh, serendipitously <clears throat> ended up with the same doctor to replace knees and hips for different guys. All very happy, very Christian, prayed over people, did all that stuff. And so I saw a van uh, go by this last week and on the site it said you know working out or living out God's love and I just thought how hypocritical is that when Adventist Health is telling their employees who have, many have been dedicated they could have you know a lot of these great nurses and docs could work anywhere that nurses could transfer down to Sacramento make more money be treated better maybe uh, lots of nurses I've worked with over the years have moved on and moved to other hospitals because of what they didn't like about the Rideout Hospital. But uh, I just thought better of Adventists, and now they've told people that have been there for 10, 15, 20 years, nearing retirement, that you got to leave unless you take the jab. And I just thought, you know something, uh, and, and they've been going along with this killer protocol you can't give people hydroxychloroquine bedesonide uh, ivermectin but we're going to give you uh, we're going to let you get really sick then we're going to put you in an icu get thirty nine thousand dollars spiff uh, for that and then uh, and put you on uh, this killer drug remdesivir and crash your kidneys then we're going to blame that on covid and you know if you've noticed been in the hospital lately they're more interested in finding out whether you got a positive covid test than whether you're really uh, seriously ill or not. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to have f uh, six segments in all. This is our fifth segment, uh, first segment, of, and we're going to be on our second segment here in just a second. We have a few clips for you right now. Be right back. Chain, chain, chain. Chain, chain, chain. fellow Americans, this is the 34th time I'll speak to you from the Oval Office and the last. We've been together eight years now, and soon it'll be time for me to go. But before I do, 
I wanted to share some thoughts, some of which I've been saving for a long time. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go, and by what route, and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. This belief has been the underlying basis for everything I've tried to do these past eight years. But back in the 1960s, when I began, it seemed to me that we'd begun reversing the order of things, that through more and more rules and regulations and confiscatory taxes, the government was taking more of our money, more of our options, and more of our freedom. I went into politics in part to put up my hand and say, stop. I was a citizen politician, and it seemed the right thing for a citizen to do. I think we have stopped a lot of what needed stopping. And I hope we have once again reminded people that man is not free unless government is limited. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. There is a great tradition of warnings in presidential farewells. And I've got one that's been on my mind for some time. But oddly enough, it starts with one of the things I'm proudest of in the past eight years. The resurgence of national pride that I called the new patriotism. This national feeling is good, but it won't count for much, and it won't last unless it's grounded in thoughtfulness and knowledge. An informed patriotism is what we want. And are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what America is and what she represents in the long history of the world? And as for those who create the popular culture, well-grounded patriotism is no longer the style. Our spirit is back, but we haven't re-institutionalized it. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and freedom is special and rare. It's fragile. It needs production. So we've got to teach history based not on what's in fashion, but what's important. Why the pilgrims came here, who Jimmy Doolittle was, and what those 30 seconds over Tokyo meant. You know, four years ago, on the 40th anniversary of D-Day, I read a letter from a young woman writing to her late father, who had fought on Omaha Beach. Her name was Lisa Zanata Hen, and she said, we will always remember, we will never forget what the boys of Normandy did. Well, let's help her keep her word. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. I'm warning of an eradication of that, of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit. Let's start with some basics. More attention to American history and a greater emphasis on civic ritual. And let me offer lesson number one about America. All great change in America begins at the dinner table. So tomorrow night in the kitchen, I hope the talking begins. And children, if your parents haven't been teaching you what it means to be an American, let them know and nail them on it. That would be a very American thing to do. What is the recourse 
for a patriotic citizenry, when those who are entrusted with upholding the law conspire together to use the law to break the law? The answer for our founders and for us is the doctrine of interposition. Indeed, the Declaration of Independence is a document of interposition. Under that doctrine, the local magistrate is duty-bound to defend against the oppression of the tyrant by interposing on behalf of the people he represents. The good news that the fake news won't tell you is that across America, local officials such as sheriffs are starting to do exactly this. For example, on September 10th, Sheriff Chris Brown of Claiborne County, Arkansas, issued a statement regarding COVID mandates which said, in part, As law enforcement officers, our first duty is to support the Constitution of the United States and of the state of Arkansas. In that defense, the Claiborne County Sheriff's Office has not and will not mandate the COVID vaccine for any of our employees. The choice to get vaccinated or not is theirs and theirs alone. I'm not pro-vaccine and I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm pro-freedom. And I'm for each person's ability and responsibility to decide for themselves. I'm appalled at the things we are seeing from the federal government and several of the state governments. It's absolute tyranny and completely abhorrent. It's time for our politicians and other public servants to stand up and remember that their first responsibility is to protect people's rights, not run their lives. Thank you, Sheriff Chris Brown. This is Michael Anthony Perucchio for Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American View. Hey, Coach, is there anything you want to change? I mean, I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell that. Everybody's like, football is a team game, okay? It's not a team game, okay? I did my part, all right? I put in a great game plan. I mean, these players, they're horrible. These, my players are no good. I mean, everybody's like, no excuses. No, I got, you know what? I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. Our offensive coordinator is terrible. He gets half of his plays off of Madden, rookie mode. I mean, the guy is no good. In our offensive line, it's like Obama's immigration policy. Let everybody through. Do we have a chance next week? No, we don't. We're 0-8. We're not good at football. I got three white receivers. Our red zone defense is like Oprah. Like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. Our quarterback, look at the playbook. We put in plays for Peyton Manning. He plays like Cooper Manning. I mean, the guy's just not good at football. No credit to the other team, okay? The other team is awful. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. I put in the game plan. These kids can't execute. Third down, terrible. I know we need better players. I get it. We can't win with the product we got in the field here. Like, I'm down to Rick Patino, some guys if I need to, but not at this level. I'm not going to jail for these kids. I mean, they're all talking in the locker room like, we're a team. We're in this together. No matter what happens, we're together. Like, not me, dude. I'm out of here. This team's terrible. to just mention, uh, as you probably noticed in the news, uh, Southwest Air, all of a sudden thousands of, you know, great weather all, all around the United States. And down, uh, the biggest airline in the United States now, Southwest, maybe in the world, announces uh, thousands of flights are, are canceled and they blamed it on the weather. Are you, it's hard to, it's hard to believe anybody, right? Anymore. Total lie. What went on behind the scenes is that a lot of uh, pilots, many, many people have been getting vaccinated, but a lot of pilots and staff just said, I'm not going to do that. And, and so they did some sort of a walkout and it shut down a lot of planes. 
So it caused a huge inconvenience. I mean, many people I, I actually know have been inconvenienced. So a ma- one man rented a 10-foot, like a U-Haul-style truck and drove 500 miles to get home. He needed to get home, and he couldn't find any rental cars. Other people I read from our area here were over in Las Vegas and just rented a car, drove home, and huge inconvenience. And I don't know how they're going to compensate uh, compensate people for this huge inconvenience. And um, so there's other airlines as well. I've, I've heard now American Air is now rolling back their mandate. Southwest rolled back their mandate that you got to get vaxxed. Um, Dr. Jane Ruby, she was on uh, Stu Peter's show and uh, – she said, they said after a full weekend of chaos for, for Southwest Airlines, Dr. Jane Ruby sat down with uh, Stu Peters to drop the bombshell that Delta Airlines is allegedly covering up the fact that a fully vaccinated pilot died in mid-flight in the past few weeks, forcing an emergency landing to take place. This comes as various airlines, including Delta, Southwest, and I'll add in American, uh, are mandating and United Airlines are also are mandating that their pilots and other employees get vaccinated, uh, whether they want to or not. Uh, she says, Ruby says, Dr. Ruby said, let me share this with you uh, and uh, that I've corroborated now from three separate whistleblowers directly related to Delta Airlines. So, quote, a pilot died in flight within the last, I'd say, 10 days, according to these sources, Ruby said. The co-pilot told the flight attendant that the captain was speaking normally one moment, then said a few weird things, and then died. The flight had to make an emergency landing. Uh, we are now learning that this is an LAX-based captain. That's Los Angeles. And they did land the plane safely. I'm not sure what they told the passengers uh, regarding what happened. The co-pilot also shared with the flight attendant who was one of the three whistleblowers that the pilot who died had told the co-pilot that he had just had several days prior completed his second shot in the series. Dr. Ruby went on to say that this is all part of the bigger cover-up by airlines to hide the devastating impacts of COVID-19 vaccines uh, that this vaccines are having on pilots, putting their lives and passengers at risk. So, um, and then there is a story of a Southwest flight attendant. If I can get down here and find it towards the end of my, I think it's right down towards the end here. Uh, okay. I'm almost here. Uh, national thousands. No, that's, that's okay. I'm on I'm one below it. Okay. So this is Southwest flight attendant anonymous. So, um, she says they, uh, cancellations have nothing to do with the weather and the airline blames cancellation, of bad weather. Um, however, the weather didn't stop the other airlines from functioning, right? Senator Tez, Ted Cruz suspects that pilots are staging a blue flu in protest of President Biden's illegal 
vaccine mandate. Uh, that's a good point because the vaccine mandates are illegal. But you have to take them to court to win your employee lawsuit, right? Now, some people are doing that. But a lot of people are just caving in. They think, oh, I can't do that. I got payments. I got bills. I got kids. They're sick. Da, da, da. So it, like I've always said, if you're not willing to fight for your rights, you don't have any rights. And many times you'll you'll be damaged uh, in an issue with uh, a legal issue. You'll be damaged by someone. But unless you take them to court, you will not get damages. You will not get settled settlement. So uh, Southwest said they had no choice but to follow the Biden administration orders. You, you, let me tell you what that no choice is. That, that is that they're getting money from the Biden administration and or they will be uh, penalized illegally, wrongly by the transportation board. So this fellow said, I spoke to several Southwest, this is Todd Starn said, he spoke to several Southwest flight attendants during a recent trip to California. They, they tell me the, uh, the cancellations have nothing to do with weather or mechanical issues. They say staffers are frustrated and angry. One flight attendant who had been on the job for 30 years says she would rather be fired than get the jab. America Media according to Starnes, and I, I, I know this for my own self, have blacked out the massive anti-mandate protests overseas so the Southwest strike might come as a surprise to some, but it's not to anyone who's been watching the pro-freedom uprisings around the world, uh, Donald Trump says. Uh, so the other thing that's happening is a headline here, National Catastrophe, Thousands of Healthcare Heroes, Threatened with termination. That's what's going on. Adventist Health, Peachtree Health, Ampla Health. I, I call them uh, Adventist Medical, Peachtree Medical, Ampla Medical. They are not about health any longer. Not when they're jabbing people. They're running around giving free jabs, driving around in vans, hustling people at flea markets. We never did this before in our lives in this country. Never, 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 never. We have never allowed people to be paralyzed. Uh, have heart attacks, young people having heart attacks. Uh, in fact, I have a, a deal here where a 16 or 17 year old boy died uh, from getting the jab. Says uh, this says Liberty Council is providing legal aid to thousands of medical professionals who have lost their jobs and been threatened with termination for refusing the COVID vaccine. Uh, we've never had anything like this in history. Uh, said. Uh, Matt Staver with Liberty Council, which is a, 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 a human, uh, let's see, uh, it's a rights law firm, human rights law firm. So Staver says, we've never had anything like this in our history, and it's a national catastrophe. Listen, this is much bigger than COVID, people. This is a, this is a deal where the government becomes communist, and it tells big business and small business how to run their business. In other words, the government doesn't own your business, but it almost owns it. And it tells you how to run your business. Every, and that's totally contrary to American freedom. So Staver says, 
uh, with regards to health care, we are headed towards a national disaster, a national emergency over health care shortages. Now, a lady came on TikTok or Twitter or something and said she was at a hospital and a big bus pulled up and all these people with uh, scrubs came off. And so she walked over to one of the ladies and said, hey, what's up? Why would all you people be in scrubs on a bus? She said, oh, we're from another state. She named the state. I don't know what state they were actually in, but I think that lady was from like North Carolina. And she said, we're working with the federal government and they're shipping us around to where there's a shortage of nurses. Now, listen, there wasn't a big shortage of nurses until they started firing them. So what we're having is FEMA nurses. She said, I'm a FEMA nurse. So essentially, we're having the federalization of both the police and the medical profession by the federal government. Just It's communism, people. They're hiring nurses, and they'll be hiring law enforcement, and they'll be sending them into our communities instead of having our local people work there. So Staver, Staver explains their clients include 25,000 people with many representing as point people, hundreds of thousands more. And the number is growing 500 to 1,000 people every single day. So if you're fighting and you're tired of fighting, hold on and let's keep fighting because this, this is huge. They go on to say this comes as a hundreds of medical professionals were let go in North Carolina this week. And New York Governor Kathy Huchel is calling in the National Guard to replace fired medical employees. You see what I'm saying? They're bringing in federal employees to take over our local medical systems. And ultimately, they're going to nationalize a police force, which is a military, to run our cities unless we stand up against it. Whatever you let now happen is the way things are going to be the rest of your life. If you stand up against it, you can push back on it. If you are going to sit in your house and let this happen, you will lose your, your, your bill of rights. Uh, Staver says this is absolutely insane at a time when we need more health care workers. Well, he said we are now letting these health care heroes go he said it's literally unbelievable. Uh, and he said the military is facing the same thing. Now, I've had calls from parents of military people and military people themselves risking dishonorable discharge when the only they had a perfect record in the military. And the only thing they won't do is take the jab, which, by the way, for women is just amazing. One of the people is a woman that's been working with me and she wants to have more children. And uh, I, I reminded her, which she didn't know, that this, this will sterilize you and keep you from having children. And, and if, perchance, you were carrying a child and uh, it's causing abortion in the first trimester. It says, uh, we already see that they're facing a dishonorable military discharge. We are already seeing law enforcement resigning. Now they're taking uh, National Guard away from where they are supposed to be, and they are displacing the health care workers that have been on the front lines for 18 months. They're, they're putting National Guard nurses in there, or FEMA nurses. When asked about the rights of government workers refusing the vaccine, Staver said Title VII, that's the employment law, federal employment law, protects everyone 
with regards to religious discrimination and allows people to present sincerely held religious beliefs as a basis for avoiding these COVID shots. Now, you have to go and you have to get someone to help uh, challenge the system, fight the system, and threaten a lawsuit. That's just something you're going to have to do. If you're not going to do anything, you are going to sacrifice your rights if you're not willing to stand up for it. Now, there's a certain percentage uh, in any population that are do-nothings, and they're passive, and they'll take whoever wants to run run the show. They'll take orders from them or whatever. They, are, they, are, they, don't, they don't love freedom. They don't get it. They don't love it. They don't appreciate it. And many Americans have gone through a public government, public system that have taught them that capitalism is bad, government, the, the, the freedom of the United States, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, they don't teach that. They teach communism in the school. They teach that communism is good. And uh, so no, no wonder that people are confused and passive at this whole situation. Uh, I was just going to go up here and see if I could find, oh, uh, this, this young youngster that, that died, uh, very sad situation. Let me see if I can get up here. Very sad. Uh, it was right above where this. Oh, here's another one on, on the planes. This ties right in here. So a judge has come out and said United Airlines wanted to put workers uh, that asked that got a COVID vaccine exemption. They want to put them on unpaid leave. In other words, you could, we okay, you can't come to work, but we're, you can stay at home, but we're not going to pay you, which is essentially a firing. United Airlines made the judge when, it, when so some of these airlines people took United Airlines to court. And some of these pilots are taking Southwest and the other airlines to court, and they're winning. United Airlines may not place unvaccinated employees on unpaid leave if they have requested a medical or religious exemption to the company's COVID-19 vaccine mandate, a federal judge ruled on Tuesday. In August, the airline announced that it's 67,000 U.S. employees. You see how the government gets control of these airlines? And they'll say, well, we're not going to approve you to fly, right? We're not going to approve you by the Federal Transportation Board. We're not going to approve you to fly unless you vaccinate all your people. So, they say, oh, well, the Biden administration forced us to do this, right? In August, the airline announced that 67,000 employees must receive the COVID-19 vax. Employees who requested a medical religious exemption from the vaccine would be placed on unpaid leave. That's called firing, people. That's called firing. Most United employees were already vaxxed in August. 90% of pilots and 80% of flight attendants. You know what? I don't worry about if a flight attendant drops dead on a plane, but I'm telling you, if a couple pilots go down, that's trouble. About 2,000. Now, just check this out. There's 67,000 U.S. United Airlines employees. So there's some in the foreign realm. So 2,000 of 67,000 employees requested exemptions. Just 2,000 of 67,000. You think small number can't make a difference? 
and and six just six employees that's six one two three four five six not 60 not 600 not six thousand six employees who had requested such exemptions including two pilots sued the airline arguing that united has engaged in a pattern of discrimination against employees who requested religious or medical accommodations the employees said the unpaid leave policy means they would be effectively terminated U.S. Judge Mark Pittman in Fort Worth, Texas, granted a temporary restraining order on Tuesday to the employees who sued blocking United from halting the paychecks of any employee requesting medical or religious vaccine exemption. We have had all these HIPAA laws, you know, these confidentiality laws, so strict that you could get fired from your job if you fire, if you if violated it. And so even where hepat- uh, not hepatitis, but uh, HIV people, AIDS people, that you could not even ask them about if they had AIDS or HIV. I mean, it just it was ridiculous. Now we're just talking about people. Oh, you, you got to get the vaccine or you don't have to get it. And how come you don't have to get it? We're just talking about people's medical situations throughout the, the company. Just revealing their personals about personal things about their life. Just. I'm telling you, in a communist country, you have no privacy. At the drop of a hat, uh, everything is uh, is exposed. So uh, this is cool because Yuba County supervisors have been discussing this vaccine mandates, these vaccine passports. And that that is if you don't have, like recently at this Eagles concert uh, down in Sacramento, he had he had a proof of having a shot, and so many of these big venues they're they're being controlled by the government, saying you got to prove that people actually got the shot. So you have these these pieces of paper in most cases that shows a shot record. But the San jo- San Joaquin County Supervisors they uh, voted to ban vaccine passports. Uh, in their county government, right? They can do that. What they can't do, I don't think, is ban them in businesses. But what they've done, uh, let's see, it says bo- the Board of Supervisors with one person missing who is who is a uh, pro-vax person, uh, they voted unanimously to approve a resolution barring the use of vaccine passports to gain access to indoor government establishments and advocating, and they advocated business follow suit. Now, I think the Yuba County Board of Supervisors have done that, I believe, the the part of advocating that businesses uh, not do vaccine passports. So I talked about all the debate, and this one guy, uh, they're debating it for a few hours before they voted. And this one fellow said, she's uh, uh, a board board chairman, Tom Patty. It's a God-given right to be able to move around freely in the communities that we live, work, and support. So uh, we're going to take a break and go to our third segment. We'll be right back. What's up, Tasha? This world is uncontrollable. You're so getting crazy out here. Because has started to take its hold. Yes, it has, darling. One of the greatest inventions of the 20th century 
Indeed, one of the landmark inventions in the history of the human race was the work of a couple of young men who had never gone to college and who were just bicycle mechanics in Dayton, Ohio. That part of the United States is often referred to disdainfully as flyover country, because it is part of America that the East Coast and West Coast elites fly over on their way to what they consider more important places. But they are able to fly over it only because of those mechanics in Dayton. The Wright brothers' first airplane flight was only about 120 feet, roughly the distance from home plate to second base, and not as long as the wingspan of a 747. But it began one of the longest journeys ever taken by the human race, and that journey is not over yet, as we soar farther into space. Man had dreamed of flying for centuries, and others were hard at work on the project in various places around the world when the Wright brothers finally got their plane off the ground on December 17, 1903. It didn't matter how long or how short the flight was. What mattered was that they showed that it could be done. Alas, Orville and Wilbur Wright are today pigeonholed as dead white males, whom we are supposed to ignore, if not deplore. Had either of them been a woman or black or any of a number of other specially singled-out groups, the hundredth anniversary of their flight would have been a national holiday, with an orgy of parades and speeches across the length and breadth of the country. Recently, a reporter for a well-known magazine phoned me to check on some facts about famous people who talked late and whom I had mentioned in my book The Einstein Syndrome. Her editor wanted to know why there was not more diversity among the people I cited. Almost all of them were men, for example, and white men at that. The vast majority of people who talk late are boys, and I had no control over that. In a predominantly white society, it should not be surprising that famous men who talked late were mostly white. No doubt in China most would be Chinese. The reporter seemed somewhat relieved when I pointed out that the distinguished mathematician Julia Robinson and famed 19th-century concert pianist Clara Schumann were among the women discussed in my book. Ramanujan, a self-taught mathematical genius from India, came to my attention right after the book went into print, but the reporter seemed happy to be able to add his name to the list of famous late talkers. This mania for diversity has spread far and wide. When I looked through my niece's high school math book, I saw many pictures of noted mathematicians, but, judging by those pictures, you would never dream that anything worth noting had ever been done in mathematics by any white males. This petty-minded falsification of history is less disturbing than the indoctrination-minded educators who are twisting reality to fit their vision. Those who cannot tell the difference between education and brainwashing do not belong in our schools. History is what happened, not what we wish had happened or what a theory says should have happened. One of the reasons for the great value of history is that it allows us to check our current beliefs against hard facts from around the world and across the centuries. But history cannot be a reality check for today's fashionable visions when history is itself shaped by those visions. When that happens, we are sealing ourselves up in a closed world of assumptions. There is no evidence that the Wright brothers intended the airplane to be flown or ridden in only by white people. Many of the great breakthroughs in science and technology were gifts to the whole human race. 
Those whose efforts created these breakthroughs were exalted because of their contributions to mankind, not to their particular tribe or sex. In trying to cheapen those people as dead white males, we only cheapen ourselves and do nothing to promote similar achievements by people of every description. When the Wright brothers rose off the ground, we all rose off the ground. Fairfax County public school teacher, and I'm going to give a message of encouragement to parents and teachers and students who are too afraid to come and speak forward. Parents, the longer that you wait and you don't hold your child's schools accountable gives these guys more time to dictate what's best for your child's physical, mental, and emotional health. Don't be afraid to speak out for your kids because they are voiceless and they, and they rely on you. You should be afraid of them rooting for socialism by the time they get to middle school. Teachers, it may seem that our careers have come to a dead end, but I'm here to remind you, we don't work for the school board. We work to mold the next generation of well-rounded American patriots. So don't give up because it is up to us. Students, you are on the front lines of these indoctrination camps. Challenge the staff when you're presented with a ludicrous statement and do not allow anybody to tell you that you cannot accomplish anything because of your skin color or to hate yourself because of your skin color. Students, it is up to you to be the next generation of victims or victors. And finally, to the board, this isn't over and your policies are just as... So at the San Joaquin Board of Supervisors, um, this small businessman says, I chose to get the COVID-19 vaccine several months ago, and I typically choose to get the flu shot every year, but that's my choice. Well, occasionally my wife has some input in that as well. Uh, so people are just sharing their perspectives on that businesses should not mandate that you can't come in here unless you have a vaccine passport. Uh, so anyway, they debated it and they said, we're not going to have any mandates in the, uh, in our, our local government. So I know that both sheriff's departments, I can't speak for other departments but both sheriff's departments in Yuba and Sutter counties, the sheriff said, we're not, we're not mandating uh, that our deputies get the shot, uh, nor are we fussing around with the passports. And uh, that's a good thing, although some deputies have gotten shots, and I know some deputies have be become ill, and it may be permanent. I don't know. So uh, it'll be interesting to see in the airlines. Now, airline, I've, I've quit flying pretty much. I've, I've, uh, I don't need to fly as much right now, but... I don't like to wear the masks. And I'm telling you, Southwest, where I've flown twice since COVID, they are gnarly on Southwest Airlines. And, and they keep saying, they illegally say over the uh, loudspeaker, the captain comes on. And usually they're saying it because of me, because I'm the only one resisting. And they say it is a state law because I was flying from Nevada to California. It's a state law in Nevada and California that you wear the mask. It is not a state law. Nowhere 
in the country has a legislature who makes laws voted to do that. All these are our governor edicts. Okay. Now you do not have to obey a governor edict. Now in the documents to, uh, explained to the employees of Marysville Joint Unified School District, they said, we are going to mask up everybody inside of our classrooms because that is an executive order from the governor. Now, that just doesn't fly, dude. That does not fly. You cannot force people to do things that are unhealthy to them. But you're going to have to fight it and either sue people in fact, they just are suing some some boards of supervisors are suing some school boards are being sued. In fact, um, I don't even know wh- whether I have where do I have this? Hold on just a second. The. Uh, the new state, California people who have been getting affidavits signed to uh, file lawsuits against uh, various county supervisors and county officials. Let's see if I can find this. Um, I'm trying to get back here and find... Anyway, Gary Bradford, if I can, I guess I'm not going to be able to find where this is. Gary Bradford, who's a supervisor, maybe I'll have to come back to this one because I want to read it to you, was presented with 118 affidavits. These are called affidavits. Maybe you haven't heard this, this concept before. 118 affidavits that uh, are claiming that he violated his constituents' constitutional rights and actually forced them to do unhealthy acts that were unhealthy to them. And uh, he has 10 days to respond to those, anyone, any board, any supervisors, or any county officials that received uh, these affidavits, it's the beginning of a lawsuit. It's a warning. It's saying we are going to file an action against you uh, unless you come clean. And so um, let me see if I can look up here. I don't know where it is. So anyway, I'll have to leave that. But the the point is that lawsuits are now beginning And I think affidavits are going to be filed against the county health officer, Dr. Uh, Joseph Mengele Fong Lu, and also against possibly the uh, election clerks. And certainly the the board members of both supervisors, all 10 will probably get affidavits. So these affidavits, if you don't respond to them uh, legally in 10 days, then basically you're conceding a a loss here. And... uh, so, but I'll have to, uh, let me see if I can pull this up and really quick find this. I can't find what platform it was sent to me on. And it was uh, very interesting. Uh, let's see here. 
think I'm going to be able to find this. To, I know it's somewhere because I just I read it and I, I and there was a write up on uh, there was a write up on Bradford but I'll have to look it up and oh here it is it just pops up boom God help me so okay it says uh Supervisor Gary Bradford was served 108 affidavits over COVID mandates. This is from KUBA Radio News. It says the term you've been served now applies to the Yuba County Supervisor Gary Bradford, who found himself on the receiving end of a stack of 108 accusing him affidavits. So that's 108 individuals who signed affidavits uh, accusing him of violating his oath of office and the Constitution over the handling of the COVID-19 mandates, saying, my body is my biological property. One affidavit goes on to state, you have no constitutional authority to force me to wear a mask. Bradford responded uh, to the Peel Democrat, saying he would never act contrary to the Constitution or the rule of law as interpreted by the courts. Uh, you know, obviously he he did act, and he's way out of line. However, the chair of the Yuba County Republican Central Committee, Joanna Lasaga, reports the goal of serving them is to make our elected officials follow the Constitution. Here, here, affidavits were also sent to other county officials in over 30 counties. There's 58 counties in California, according to the CDC. COVID mandates regarded regarding masks and vaccines are showing positive results where fully implemented. This is the KUBA thing, which is that's so those people don't know. They can't find their butt science, butt with both hands. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> that's that situation. So let me get over back to my, my story here. So uh, even even in the Board of Supervisors, Gary Bradford, the chairman of the board right now, was insisting that when their first open meeting, when people came in the first time in over a year and a half, they'd had an open meeting where they weren't Zooming. Uh, they were trying to force individuals to, to – they were f trying to force people on, on their medical care. It's amazing how the government has allowed – people that probably were on welfare last week to tell other individuals to put on a mask. Oh, in fact, I was just at hand of hope of all places who's dealing with all these homeless people on Spiva and Yuba city. And I go in with a guy that's got one leg partly shot blowing, you know, cut off. Anyway, I got a guy in a wheelchair. I'm trying to help him get some housing. And, uh, so I'm in there trying to help him, right? I'm not wearing a mask, but all of them are. And they said, finally, this gal got ticked off uh, because I wasn't complying. And so she threatened me. And she said, hey, you got to wear a mask or you got to leave. I said, that's really easy for me because I want to breathe and I'll just sit out in the car. So obviously these people are idiots. They have no idea what they're doing. They're just doing what they've been told, even if it's stupid, even if it's like shoving a stick up their rear end. They just do what they're told. And that's what's going on in our society. And and the shock of it is, is how how easy people have just given everything over to the government and just let them run everything. So this this is a healthy 16 year old boy drops dead during his virtual Zoom class. 
mom blames Pfizer COVID vaccine. He has a microvascular injury to the brain, heart, liver, and kidneys in a way that does not currently appear to be assessed in safety trials of the potential of these potential drugs. So the bottom line is 16 year old boy from California, perfect health. Uh, so he was taking an online class after receiving the second dose of Pfizer and, and falls over and dies. The mother filed a report with VAERS, which is a vaccine adverse event reporting system. Uh, and uh, she filed it on July 13th. Did you ever hear anything about this in news? You didn't, did you? That's because they're burying it. And they're probably going to say, oh, well, he probably just had some fluke disease. You know, it's, it's amazing how many excuses they have for all these deaths and permanent injuries. But they didn't have any, they wouldn't cut you any slack if you've never been sick with COVID. But if you had COVID in your system, they're going to call that a COVID death. So he got the shot. He got, so the son passed away 27 days after receiving a second dose of Pfizer experimental COVID-19. She said, my son died while taking a math class on Zoom. We were waiting for the autopsy because the doctors did not find anything wrong with this guy. He was a healthy boy. He had a good academic index. He wanted to be a civil engineer. He was the best thing in my life. Uh, he had no previous symptoms. I was with him one hour before, and my assistant saw him 20 minutes prior, and he did not show any irregularities. Um, so there's no no young people in the entire United States of America died of COVID. No young people. Now they're dying left and right of the shot. Tell me, tell me what's right or wrong about that. So uh, I wanted to... Uh, talk for a second about uh, the wrong uh, procedure, the wrong protocol, the wrong system of our government schools of trying to prepare people to go to college. First of all, our government schools can't even prepare people to read and write and do math. So but they're telling people everybody's got to go to college, which is totally baloney. And uh, because of that, and because of the incredible free, almost free tuition system, or not tuition, but loans, uh, it's forcing the, the colleges to continue to raise their tuitions up. And it's, the tuitions are a total ripoff. And so uh, more and more people... Uh, are just go to college and drop out because they've been told for years, go to college, go to college, go to college. And many parents who were blue collar workers and never went to college. Oh, my parents did the same, same type deal. Oh, you'd be the first person in our family to go to college. Da, 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 da. And so uh, I dropped out. So this is a great short article. It says uh, there's a, there's a uh, poster and it says, you have choices. You don't necessarily have to go to college to make a good living. So then it lists the occupation and it lists how much they get paid an hour. And and at the low end, that's probably the starting amount, right? So plumber starts at $27.96 and ends up at $45.48, $45 per hour. Crane operator, 
2796 to 4598. Wind turbines, you work on wind turbines, 2704 3878. Commercial truck driver, 2596 and 3759. Heavy equipment mechanic, 2566, 3683 an hour. Uh, heating and air tech, 2458, 3978. I'm not going to read them all, but they're all about like that. Auto body, welder, carpenter, auto mechanic. They're all in their 20s where you start. And some of them end up carpenter. You can up to $52 an hour. So it says at the bottom, enroll in a trade school. So Mike Rowe, who had the program on television where he went around and checked out everybody's jobs. uh, So he writes to this guy, David Soliday. David Soliday says, this should be in every high school, this poster in America. College is awesome for some people, but not for all. Mike Rowe would applaud this. So Mike Rowe heard about it and he said, hi, David, you're correct. Not only would I applaud it, I share it and challenge every principal in every single high school in America to post this poster in a place of prominence. And to those principals who decline, I ask a simple question. Why? And then he does a PS. In many parts of the country, these are starting hourly wages. Due to the current labor shortage, many employers are paying much more. My friend Chloe Hudson, a female, who who stars in a short documentary called Trading Up, which will be released. It's already probably released by now. She's making six figures as a welder with no college debt. Her story, like so many others, is compelling and critical. Now, I think her story is Chloe wanted to be a medical doctor, and uh, she there's no way she was going to borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars. So she just went to trade school, went to work and started out making 20 to 25 to $30 an hour and, uh, is doing quite well. So, and I guess she made a documentary about it. So anyway, I wanted, wanted you to know that now this is an interesting thing. If you've noticed people up here in Northern California, the dams, are holding, but they're just standing. There's nothing behind them. The water that used to be there has been sent to the uh, to the ocean. Now, I was talking to a rice farmer friend of mine. I have a few friends that that's what they do. They've done it for all their life, their adult life. And uh, my friend Kurt was telling me that rice, the, the price of rice is going to be up this year because there's going to be a shortage because the government got rid of the water they didn't have to, but they got rid of it. And so instead of, my my friend Kurt said, normally farmers in in California will produce about 500,000 acres of rice in a year. They just have one crop, different from Vietnam, that has three different crops per year of rice. So uh, Instead of 500,000 acres, he said they're down around around 300,000 because the, uh, there's not any water. They, they weren't allotted. They, the, the, the Water Resources Board told the farmers, we're not going to give you that much water. So they had to cut back. So Brian Dolly, who is a senator, state senator, uh, actually he's a United States senator, I believe, from up in right up in the north part of California. 
He says our reservoirs have the capacity, I didn't know this, to provide Californians with water for roughly five years. That's that's amazing. He said our wettest year for the past 122 years of record keeping were 2016-17. Yet we have hardly any water. Right? So if it if it had if we had enough if they were full, that gives us five years worth. Well, we're 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 not there yet. We're only at, we're only at 2021. That takes us up to 2022, right? Yet we have hardly any water left. Farmers and families are losing their crops. Businesses and family farms and household wells are running dry. This is unacceptable. Watch me call out legislators for not addressing this real issue. That's a it's a real issue. It's a major problem. They keep passing bonds. Many Californians keep voting for these bonds. Those are they go out and borrow money that supposedly they're going to increase water resources. In most people's minds, that is make a dam higher so it can hold back more water or make a new dam. But they never do that. They just try to work on conservation, try to convince people to not waste water at home. The big the big uh, waste, the big amount of they try to blame the farmers. The least users are the city users, urban users. The biggest user is water they just allow to go to the, the river and don't uh, go to the ocean in the river and don't allow you to use any of it. So, uh, and farming has become more and more every year. I, I've been working farming farming for years. It's become, they do more with less every single year. We'll be right back. We're halfway through the show. So we got three segments left. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world 
by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people, for I have complete confidence and the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors, for as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, Without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. Is the idea of the sovereignty of the individual correct? The Western answer is, it's the great discovery of the West. The Western answer is, that's the most fundamental truth. 
That is exactly what's under assault at the universities. The reason that the collectivist types hate me is because I've got their number. I know what they're up to. A lot of the LBGTQ community doesn't know the baby's history. He's a wild guy. He once shot a <laughs> and killed him in Walmart. Oh, this is true. Google it. The baby shot and killed a in Walmart in North Carolina. Nothing bad happened to his career. <laughs> Do you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> in our country, you can shoot and kill a but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. back for the second half of the show I wanted to begin by promoting uh, one of the best opportunities for family friendly uh, healthy character building entertainment for the whole family and that is Creative Light Theater which uh, they operate out of the uh, Church of Glad Tidings campus they call it the embassy theater out there it's been built multi-use facility but certainly with theater in mind huge stage lots of theater lights and uh cafe it hooked it to it just a lot of cool stuff anyway uh, so they've been doing a couple plays a year out there since that building was put up in uh, maybe 10 or so years ago before that it was they were using another facility so they do two shows a year and usually their original shows that what I mean by that is that they wrote the script, they did the music, they built the stage, uh, the, the set, and the whole thing, all the costumes, everything. So uh, I want to just give you a heads up. There's, I'm giving you a little lead time, December 3 through 7, 7 p.m. nightly at Highway 99 at Eager Road. That's the Church of Glad Tidings campus. That's Building 100. That's called the Embassy Theater. It doesn't say that on the outside, but Building 100. There's plenty of parking, no problem. And uh, so it says, Creative Light Theater presents an original adventure looking into the lives of Jesus' 12 disciples. This Christmas, hear from Jesus' own mother, the true story of his miraculous birth and see through the eyes of those closest to him uh, who this wonderful man really is. So these plays, uh, usually there's some music attached to them, like some singing, like a musical type. And uh, they're very well done. And so I just want to put that on your calendar, December 3 through 7, any of those nights, 7 p.m. Okay? And uh it's free so i don't even know whether they'll get due tickets to you know because usually uh, ticket if you hand out tickets you can kind of sp spread people out through the whole 
nights instead of everybody show up one night and some people can't get in. But I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Well, more details later. So let me mention a couple things. I want to mention some sites to you, helpful sites. One is uh, I just talked to, I didn't, they didn't ever do a follow-up call with me, but New Life Christian School, there's New Life Assembly in Oliver, uh, actually call it Oliver's, it's on Arboga, and I used to call it Linda. New Life Assembly, they have New Life Assembly or New Life School, and uh, I understand that the lower grades are full, but the uh, upper grades, the high school grades are open. For more kids, if you're looking for a place for your child to go to school. So I don't have their number and stuff. I thought maybe they might get a hold of me. I ended up having lunch uh, with uh, some people, and I never met this lady, but she teaches there. So we were talking about it. Now, also, I have a friend that's using going to the Bible Baptist School out on North Beale Road, uh, very close to Beale Air Force Base. Not quite as far out there, but probably a mile or so into town from there bible baptist has been out there for years they've got a school going and uh, i you would have to check to see if they have spots there there's saint isidore's school in yuba city uh, i can't remember all of them but uh, some people that attend church of glad tidings two teachers a couple they're married uh, and they were teaching in the yuba side yuba city unified system but quit because of the crazy curriculum and terrible things that their teach had to teach kids there so they left and they have launched a school because so many people uh wanted an alternative and so they launched a school called epic epec and uh you can you can check that out i'm going to tell you how to do that in a second they still have some space for the upper grades it's called Embassy Private Educational Center. Just remember EPIC. Uh, so you can find out about it online at churchofgladtidings.com. When you get to the home page, just put your cursor over the word ministries up on the menu, and it'll do a drop down and show you EPIC or Embassy Private Educational Center. You can go there. And you can uh, see what it's all about, how much it costs, what days it operates, how long it operates, all those details, including you can fill in your child's name in this uh, little application, and you can just send it in from there. Or you can email them at epic, E-P-E-C, at churchofgladtidings.com yourself without going from the website. So that website, uh, you can use. Other, otherwise, there's a phone number, 530-671-3160, extension 247. So uh, also, uh, I think there's like 80-some kids in this school so far. They just, this is their first year at it. And uh, But there's also the Arrow Education. So if you've decided I'm going to do homeschool, there's all these parents that have got together to do arrow education, which is one day a week, they get together on Wednesdays at the church of glad tidings. And, uh, these, these are all located on the campus there. And so arrow education, all these homeschoolers come together and they do some events together on Wednesdays and they spend most of the day there. So parents are involved and they do athletics. They do a lot of things. And so, 
if you, if you want, if you're looking for curriculum or you're looking for advice or you're looking for uh, what they're doing, they're staying up with the laws of the state of California that want to come after homeschoolers because the state of California is not going to be happy about le- people leaving their terrible schools. So at some point they're going to be more difficult to, to deal with. But what the arrow education people are doing is staying up on all the laws and informing parents. So you're very clear on, on the rules of homeschool. Okay. So that's arrow education. And then you also have Epic. So, Check it out if you need it, right? But there's other schools, if you nose around, there's other schools out there as well uh, that are good schools. Okay, now some of the medical things, people are still needing to connect with doctors. So I gave you myfreedoctors.com. And then there's American America's Frontline Doctors, or AFLDS.com. Then there's drstellamd.com, drstellamd.com. <clears throat> and uh, then there's a couple sites that are must sites There's uh, that are telling you about the uh, evil and the hazard of taking these shots and uh, of vaccines in general. So one of them is chemicalviolence.com chemicalviolence.com and the other one I love is childrenshealthdefense.org childrenshealthdefense.org you can sign up for their email service they will send you articles throughout the week updates from their website they have an amazing website so uh, check that out okay so the other thing I I was talking to to uh, texting with the head of the Yuba County Republican Central Committee which is in the the midst of a rebuild, you know, it's like taking a car and it's been abused. It's been neglected and it's been disrespected and somebody takes it and has a vision for it and, uh, works on, gets the rust out of it, gets the dents out of it, starts putting the parts back together, goes, finds new parts, puts a new set of wheels under it, paints it, gets a motor running and that's what's happened with the Yuba County Republican Central Committee is a bunch of new people have come in that are really interested not in supporting just anybody that's in in the assembly or the senate or claims they're a republican but but supporting real conservative candidates or uh incumbents okay so uh I found out this last Tuesday night uh, there were, there was a meeting. They meet on the second Tuesday of each month. And so they had 41 people at the meeting I heard. So that's a good sum, but we're wanting to build that. And we're wanting to take over Sutter and Yuba County and remove people from the County offices that, uh, are not, uh, there, they may be, they may have an R after their name, but, uh, and the fact is even local races really aren't run on the basis of partisanship you know it's not to me i usually just vote for the person and uh whether r or uh d but the uh, on a local race but what we need is good people honest people and uh like like these affidavits went after the supervisor saying you did not defend the constitution right you did not follow the constitution 
And uh, so uh, these folks at Yuba County Republican Central Committee are going to be looking for candidates in each of their districts, five districts in each county, Sutter and Yuba, and to um, recruit people to run in those districts. So if you're interested in getting involved, it's a second Tuesday night of the month at 7 o'clock, social hour at 630 and they're, these folks are actually going to do something. They're they're going to you know get it on out there, and this is totally separate from. I mean they they they're connected to the the Republican uh, party of of uh, California, but the Republican Cali- party of California is uh, it's uh, in, in amazingly flawed and broken, and they're just going through the the kabuki dance motions, but it's really not much of an operation. So we need to, we need to take control of where, wherever you are, whether you're in California or Washington or whatever, we need to get involved in local government and get control of it. And not, well, I'm not trying to be, I'm not talking about control freaks, but where we we're having a godly conservative influence on government, right? And we need to shrink government. That's another thing. So anyway, the Republican Central Committee of Yuba County meets at Hallwood Community Church, 2825 Highway 20, once a month. So you've got about four weeks to think about it. If you want to call them and ask them any questions, you can call 530-777-5021. And they, you can talk to somebody about that uh that group and it's an action group. They they're raising money. They're looking for good candidates to run. They're signing up people to vote. All those good things. So we just finished. They've been working on this skate park, painting all the steel uh, fencing around the skate park that's up off the ground. In some cases, it's up few, several feet off the ground. So if you slipped off the park, you would land on your noggin. So we have a nice steel fence around it to, uh, so it needed some paint and, and, uh, I used Will Fanning at all power services to come out and do some steel fabrication and repairs out there to make the fence more sturdy and also to repair broken rungs, uh, or he called them spokes off this metal fence before we primed and painted it. So what a great guy came out, knocked it out after work and didn't charge me a nickel, just came out and helped. So uh, if you've got any kind of uh, motor that you need to get repaired, whether it's a chainsaw, lawnmower, weed eater, tractor, vehicle, uh, motorcycle, any kind of a motorized situation. In fact, I got a, a, a power washer that I texted him. I said, Hey, we got this power washer at the church. Can you, it doesn't seem to be kicking into the power like it should. So he said, bring it over. We'll fix it. So anyway, if you got it, I talk to people all the time. Oh yeah, I got something that, you know, my thing's been broken. It's sitting in my garage to me. It just drives me nuts when people do that. I don't like broken stuff around. So just haul it over there to will and let he and his partner, Josh James, get it on. So tomorrow morning, I got to take a, a friend who's off the streets, heroin addict, take him to the doctor. We're getting him, uh, getting him well. 
and we're going to get him off the streets. And where I'm taking him is to Dr. Cassidy. And, uh, and the reason we're dealing directly instead of sending this fellow through the county is because the county is unresponsive. They treat everybody like they got the rest of their life to get their life together. And, and uh, there's no sense of urgency in trying to help people. So uh, Dr. Cassie works at Peachtree Clinic or Peachtree Health. And uh, if you need help with addiction, uh, any type of, of a substance abuse problem, just dial 530-749-3242, 749-3242, and ask for Dr. Dr. Cassidy. Sometimes I'll have a rookie up front working the phone and say, oh, Dr. Cassidy's too busy, right? And just say, well, why don't you just make an appointment for me because he wants to see me. And just and she'll say why, or he'll say why, and Jay, it's addiction. And uh, so if there's a problem there and they don't want to take you, then you can text Dr. Cassidy's number at 530-682-8648. And if there's a problem there, you can just call me up at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838, and I will solve the problem and get you an appointment. So we're going tomorrow. Uh, actually, it'll be before this podcast comes out, but we're going to be on Friday seeing a doctor. We we he, he lost part of a leg. We're getting it all lined out. So good things. And when when you you know when you have passion for people, you can you can help people. So uh, we're coming down. Let's see. I think we're at our fourth hour, our fourth segment. We got a few minutes left. I want to mention another supporter of ours, which come came on the last few months, which is Thrifty Rooter, and uh, they're all, all over. I thought they were Yuba Sutter when I first hooked up with them, because that's where I am, and I see them running around all the time with these big pumper trucks and straightening out septic systems, as well as you know lines coming in, lines going out of the house, all that kind of stuff. So uh, Thrifty Rooter is serving multiple counties. I know they're up in Nevada, Butte, maybe Calusa. Just go onto their website. It's it's actually more accurate than I am. Thriftyrooter.net. Thriftyrooter.net. They're also looking for people that want to work. Man, there's a lot of jobs. I've never seen this many jobs out there in my entire life. Thrifty Rooter, if you want to call them, you can at 530-673-8201. 530-673-8201. You don't have to just dial them up. You can actually go on their website and just use their cursor and just check the things that you, you need help with and then put your type in your name there and uh, send it off. And you could make that request in the middle of, middle of tonight. If you've got a, a situation or whatever night you listen to this on. So Thrifty Rooter. And uh, and then, of course, we have Greenitz Construction. And he's he and his wife are the ones that put these plays together. He builds the sets with helpers. But uh, he is great at uh, kitchens and bath remodels. And so I want you to just go to these two sites and check them out because you're probably not going to believe the way I describe it anyway. So it'll, I'll let it bl- the pictures blow your mind. 
So greenitzconstruction.com, that's green with E-T-Z on the end, or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. And you can check out before and after and, and about it, and uh, you can do that at your own leisure. And then if you, off those platforms, you can usually send a message over to Dave Greenitz. Or you could talk, talk, uh, call him or text him at 530-682-9602. 530-682-9602. If he answers the phone, I mean, if someone answers the phone, that will be him. He does not have a big office staff. All their money is going into the craftspeople that are doing the work on your houses. And uh, they have some of the best. Uh, they use their own workers under Greenitz Construction. Then they have, of course, subs, which he's very particular about who he picks. So uh, you can check that out as as well. We'll talk about a few of the others that support us uh, in a minute. Uh, I'm going to talk in a minute about uh, Chris Ann Hall. I'm going to do a little talk about what she wrote up. She's a brilliant lady, former military, former linguist, then then worked in 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 labs, biology labs, and then went and became an attorney. Smart lady, I think. Right? Okay. So we'll be right back. me makes you feel safer that's fine i support you in doing that but here's what's going to happen next you're going to do me a favor and i'm going to do you a favor so we can both go on about our day what favor can i do for you you're going to slow it down when passing through here we got a lot of traffic i'm going to rip that biden harris bumper sticker off the back of your car so people don't think you're an idiot it's time for another edition of our feature here on the mk show called you can't say that or think that or do that Oh, wait, this is America. We've been doing that feature on our podcast, and we haven't done it since we launched on SiriusXM and YouTube, but you'll love it. <laughs> Today, we're talking about challenges, hardship, and the classroom. Here's the question of the day. Is it good for a student to encounter a class that is rigorous? Absolutely not, according to an article in the Chronicles of Higher Education, which makes the case for why it is, quote, Time to cancel the word rigor. And why exactly is it time to do that? The authors claim the term rigor lays credit or blame on an individual, when often it is the academic system that creates the constructs, and it's the system we should be questioning when it erects barriers for students to surmount or makes them feel that they don't belong. Ah, uh, yes. Making your class a challenge for students to overcome is now about excluding those students who aren't up for said challenge. Yes, the authors write that rigor is an exclusionary concept that leads to preferential practices. And it's not just rigor they have a problem with. No, grit is also bad. It's a bad thing in today's snowflakes culture, with the authors linking to another article that makes the case for why grit is, quote, inherently anti-black. 
So remember, if you are a teacher that's daring to put together a class that is not properly simple, so all students remain unchallenged at all times, and you introduce the concept of rigor or grit into your teachings, well, you can't say that. How do I think it's going? I think it's going fine. They should force people to get the shot. Like we are the land of the forced and home of the fearful. I don't mind inflation at all. Like I'm totally fine with it. When I go to the grocery store and I was thinking I was gonna pay like $60 and I end up paying $260, I see it as like a, a surprise. You know, like, oh my gosh, I, I wasn't expecting that. It's like, it's exciting. It makes it, you know, unpredictable. So yeah, gas prices are high too, but it'll cause people to not drive and it'll save the climate. It'll, it'll stop climate change. Yeah, the supply chain uh, thing is an issue, but you don't always get what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like people are spoiled. Yeah, we should have left Americans behind in Afghanistan. And I'm absolutely fine that we did. I mean, why were they there? Like, why are you in Afghanistan? What are you doing there? It's your fault you're there. So we left them and that's fine. I think it's fine to have an open Southern border. I mean, people are like freaking out about it, but because they're like, oh, there might be a drug dealer in the bunch or there might be a terrorist or there might be, you know, a human trafficker. But those people are people, okay? And we need to be nice to people. And if they want to come in, we should let them in. And we shouldn't make them get a shot that they don't want to take, okay? I mean, you should never force someone to do something they don't want to do. I mean, who, who, who does that? Hunter Biden is an incredible artist. And I'm so happy to see him on the right path now. And now that he's making art and making a lot of money doing it, I think it's, I think we should all be cheering him on. Like, why are even people critical about it? I think that Biden giving Putin a pipeline was like, <sighs> nice. Like, it was like, hey, here's a pipeline. And and the fact that we took the Keystone pipeline away uh, saves the environment. Should Taiwan be free? I mean, should they? Should they be able to, to, to be free? I don't think so. And I'm fine if communist China uh, swoops in and, and takes them over. We hear from a physician in Durham, North Carolina. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Dr. Fauci. Good morning. And, um, Pedro. Um, you've been at the NIH a pretty long time, and it seems to me that during your tenure, our ability to control infectious diseases hasn't improved, but in fact worsened. And even basic health tips such as you can't use antibiotics to treat viral infections has not been adequately communicated to the public because, for instance, people will come in demanding an antibiotic for a common cold which, or any other viral infection, which has certainly served to um, create more resistant strains. Not saying that this has anything to do with this particular SARS epidemic, but um, don't you think it's time that you step down and let someone else who has a more effective message? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> One time racism saved my life, man. I was, I was on a plane. I, I, was coming, I was coming from overseas, and uh, I don't know how this guy got a machine gun on the plane, but he stood up, man. He said, everybody, get on the fucking ground. Nobody look at my face. I started freaking out. 
because he was Chinese. I was like, why is he talking like that? <laughs> he was screaming and crying. I was the only brother on the plane. Well, I, I thought I was the only brother. I looked over, there was one other black dude. He was from Nigeria. I, I looked over to him, he was looking right in my face, man. He didn't say two words to me, he just looked at me, he was like, <laughs> He didn't need to talk. I knew just what he was talking about. I looked right back at him. I was like, <laughs> some white dudes on the front of the plane seen us. They were like, oh my God. I think those black guys are going to try to save us. Mm-mm. We were just communicating that we understood the situation. We were both seeing the same thing. What we understood was simple. Terrorists don't take black hostages. That's the truth. I have yet to see one of us on the news reading the hostage letters. Um, mm. They is treating us good. Uh, we all chilling and shit. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Ray Ray and Big Steve and uh, Jason Newport. You're not going to see it. And terrorists are smart. They know what they're doing there, you know. they terrorists. They know black people's bad bargaining chips. <laughs> they called the White House. Hello? We have got five blocks. Hello? Well, the honking tonks in Texas are my natural second home. Where you tip your hat to the ladies and the rows of San Antonio. I grew up on music we call Western Swing. All right, here we go. Well, this is our fifth segment. So I don't really try to give out a lot of facts and figures unless it's an individual fact or figure, but lots of figures I think on radio don't work very well because people can't hold a lot of figures in their mind and most people aren't writing things down. So let me, let me just try to breeze through this because I think it's important to address because if you're Yuba, a Yuba County resident, I think there are 75, 80,000, maybe 85,000 people here now. But unfortunately, a few years ago in 2018, uh, the the uh, leaders of Yuba County, the uh, bureaucrats and the supervisors uh, began to push a, an increase in sales taxes. So you're allowed at a local jurisdiction or an agency to raise one or two percent and add that on top of whatever people are being assessed by the state of California. The difference is, is that that extra one or two percent or half percent is able to all be kept and spend on local needs. So their counties are doing this throughout the 58 counties of the state of California because they all claim they just don't get enough money from the state once they take all the various pools or streams of money coming in they just don't have enough money to run i i disagree with that uh, i think the county 
people are overpaid. And uh, I'm not saying that they don't, many don't work hard. I'm just saying they're way overpaid and they're, they're in a, a corrupt pension system. And so uh, I don't have time to spend on any particular one of these issues because they just have two segments left and I don't want to spend it all on this. But my point is that they came to the conclusion they wanted more money. So they, they went out and they got a public relations firm. They did something that the Constitution of California and the federal government says il- is illegal. They ca- they're not supposed to take our tax dollars, which were taken from us by force. In other words, try not giving it to them and see how that goes. Taken by force from us and turned around then and they lobby us through advertising, public relations, etc., to twist our arm to actual vote more taxes after they use our money to go get more money. So they did that. But, but since the district attorney locally here, Pat McGrath, uh, it was irresponsible. In fact, he actually was behind pushing this illegal tax. So the long and short of it is they preached for over a year through the media that they, that, the that the public safety didn't have enough money in Yuba County, public safety that's primarily fire and uh, sheriff's department, that's the county, and uh, that they did not have enough funding to fund their enough sheriff deputy positioned positions. And that if we didn't uh, fund more of this uh with this tax, this 1% tax added on to the 7.25 or 7.50, <clears throat> that it could take up to an hour for a deputy to arrive. And it, in some cases that the 911 system couldn't function well without us. And they focused nearly entirely uh, through all their media campaign, their signage along the roads, their advertisements, their meetings. Uh, they did these uh, these this kind of this road trip show telling people how much they were desperate for money, etc. So um, they they designed this the way they described it was as a, a a special tax where it would go into a special fund. It would have a committee over it to make sure it was spent well and uh, that it would be used for public safety. They kept talking about public safety. They did not talk about the library. They did not talk about building buildings. They did not talk about human resources. Uh, They did not talk about paying back loans or paying on uh, uh, PERS, the the retirement plans. They talked about hiring deputies and paying deputies and and helping the fire districts that are in many fire districts in Yuba County. That's what they talked about. They did not talk about anything else. So uh, the for a special tax, they needed a two-thirds vote of approval. But they only asked for 50% plus one. So they pitched a special tax because if they would have just said, the supervisors, if they would have just said, we just need more money, and then if we would have told people how much money they get paid, uh, people would have voted against it and they wouldn't have got it, right? But the way they did it is they know that people people are usually pro for fire and police because that was the initial reason why cities and counties organized in the very first place was to provide them protection. And... Um, 
So people like to see that the the law enforcement and fire do well. And so they pitched that, but there was no uh, mandate. There's no legal requirement that that money had to be spent that way. And we, as opponents, uh, we kept bringing that up. And Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association says you're writing the ordinance wrong. And, uh, but they ignored it. And uh, they deceived the public completely. And so when the opponents of Measure K, after the election, when it got like 53% of the vote in change, the, uh, the opponents took the county to court and won. In other words, Stephen Barrier, the Superior Court judge, one of them, in Yuba County declared that, that the tax was uh, not a valid tax. So the county, instead of accepting that and dropping the tax, they, they, they appealed it to the uh, 3rd District Appellate Court in Sacramento. And after waiting for months and months and months and months because COVID was a great excuse for county people to work less and get paid the same. So finally, when it made it to the appellate court, the appellate court ruled they overturned Steve Barrier's ruling, which was a criminal, just criminal. They had no per- they had no reason to do that. They were wrong in doing that, and they are they are hack uh, activist judges. So the reason I'm talking to you today about this is that they had, in order to sell this to the public, they wanted to convince the public how the money would be spent. And so they laid out a spending plan and because they thought they'd make maybe four or $5 million a year off this uh, tax. So, and, uh, uh, let's see. So they submitted a spending plan to the supervisors and, and actually said, we think that we need to kind of lay out how we're going to spend this because people aren't believing us. That's essentially what it says. So they lay out all the deputies are going to hire. Uh, they want to fund these different foothill deputy, uh, a net five. That's a narcotics deputy. They wanted school resource officers, uh, homeless dealing with the homeless public safety dispatch they need to do work in the jail more people in jail equipment training for all those positions valley deputy foothill deputy investigations you know just a full take care of the sheriff's department and then they also had money for the district attorney because he's prosecuting some of these crimes so they were going to have a I'm having a hard time reading this because the copy's bad on it. So uh, let me just think, try this. So they're going to restore a prosecutor position, restore uh, another position, a legal assistant, restore investigator position, uh, training and equipment. In other words, few few hundred thousand dollars. So they had that position. And uh, and then they were going to give money to the fire departments. Uh, they were going to help with that. So they did not say anything in here about paying back loans, building a building, uh, paying on the pensions 
They were these are all positions that were going to be added, and they were going to pay a certain percentage to the dispatch crews. And uh, this was written on September 11th, 2018. So then when they get the money, because we fought it for two years, so during that couple years, they accumulated like $14 million in this account, and uh, they estimated that they're going to be getting $6 million a year from here on out. So the new CAO, Kevin Mallon, who took over for Robert Bendorf, who created this mess, uh, he presented... uh, the background and to the spending plan. And uh, let me just see if I can find this. Okay, hold on just a second. And so he made a proposal to the uh, supervisors on how they spend this money. And so the interesting thing, they, they are being generous with the fire departments. They are being generous with the sheriff's department and, and hiring uh people there but they're also giving like uh they instead of the first two years that they accumulated all this money instead of like using this spending plan to divvy it up they said oh well this is a windfall just for two years we're going to just going to consider this a one-time spending windfall and not consider it this annual divvying up so uh so the way they pitched it the the uh, staff of Yuba County, this just happened the other day, is they got adult pro- probation officers in here. They're actually going to give, they're paying for the uh, the medical contract for Juvenile Hall out of this money. They're paying uh, for victim services out of this money. Uh, let's see, they're paying for, of course, the fire services getting near a million, million dollars. And uh, so the, 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 where it varies is that they're going to be giving, uh, hold on, I need to find another one of these, 527, I need to find out the other pages here, which is 1 through 4. Let me get down here. So they got over here, they have the Sheriff Corner, they got the same things I read, a lot of the same things, Sheriff Corner, they, they're they taking care of them, just like they said. I heard the sheriff's happy. I heard the district attorney's happy. Here's why Here's why the, the individual's taxpayers shouldn't be happy. This is an expansion of government. So what they've done is they did what they said they're going to do somewhat, but then they turned around and they, they paid back loans of like $5 million to the Yuba Water Agency. They've been using that sort of as a slush fund or a bank when they were short on money uh, to fund things that they thought were good. So they built a big sheriff's building, which was bu- finished, quote-unquote finished, <clears throat> before this whole uh, major case started. And uh, so they must have bought borrowed some money now i don't know whether some of the money went to calpers but they have they have literally hundreds of millions of dollars in calpers money that they are falling 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 behind because they they are making promises just like i said last week when you can't pay your bills when you go out and put money on a you you have an account or you put money on a credit card that's a promise it's a promise to pay 
and you better have the money at the end of the month to pay it. Otherwise, you just you pay interest on your unpaid balance, right? And that's just exactly what Yuba County is doing. They're they're committing to salaries and to numbers of employees that they cannot fund unless they go and get money back. Now, this bond, Measure K, was a 10-year bond. So at the end of 10 years, they have to go to vote on it again. Now, here's the argument of it's it's it isn't even debatable. The argument of government every time you need to reaffirm or you need to affirm what we did the last 10 years for another 10 years. You know what they say? You know what they say? They say we can't live without it. We cannot live without it. And so it doesn't matter whether they're taking your last dollar. They say we cannot live without it. They waste so much money, and the it, many of the things they do are inco- totally incompetent. And many of the I've talked about getting people off the streets and into rehabs, totally incompetent, very inefficient, uh, very old style, old school. They're they're oper- operating like in a 1950s protocol but what i'm telling you is they never in this plan to sell this to the public this is what uh the attorney firm for the opponent said in court they never described paying off buildings in fact gary bradford insisted the guy that we talked about with all these affidavits gary bradford was the most outspoken proponent of the this tax and he said, I guarantee that all this money is going to go to public safety. And Andy Vasquez also posted on Facebook, which we have a copy of, that he said, we are not going to use this money for any other sources, any other new plans. But then when they get down to it, they're hiring human resources officers uh, are not public safety. And so they're going to add human resources officers. County council is not public safety and they're going to add another attorney up there. They've already got five attorneys plus legal people. And so when they, so essentially what this money does, it always works out this way. They argue, well, that human resources officer is a part of law enforcement because he or she has to hire and, and screen our people as if there's no other, in other words, as if there's no other a human resource officer out there. How do all these people get hired already? Where's the end of this? For the public, where is the end of the increase in taxes? It's just always more, 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 more. And it's unjust. And the way they sold it was totally dishonest. It was completely dishonest. And and now, they're, while everybody is now not paying attention... They're paying off Yuba $5 million. That's almost one year's worth of revenue they're giving to uh, uh, Yuba Water, which they should pay that the bill back, the, the loan back. But the fact is it's out of this pot of money that they promised was going to be towards public safety, and it's not. And they're, they're also going to give a lot of money to economic development. That has nothing to do with public safety. To eco- it's just a slush fund. This thing is becoming a slush fund. They, and they're going to have a committee of five to oversee this. They're not going to pick anybody uh, that's adversarial to their, their, to their wishes because they're going to go after them and they're going to argue with them. But the bottom line is these blue ribbon committees can 
can argue with the supervisors till they're blue in the face. They, the supervisors do not have to do anything the blue ribbon or the accountability committee wants to do. They do not have to do anything that in it's interesting. If you read the document that I read from the County administrator to the board, Kevin Mallon, and I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong. I'm just finding it interesting that in the document, he underlines bold the words that they, the money does not have to go to public safety. He reminds them of this, that, that even all the hullabaloo, that this is a public safety fund that they were going to try to create. He says this money can basically to say it another way can be spent on anything. Now that's exactly what the opponent said that at the end of the day, these supervisors with just three out of five votes can spend this money on whatever they want to do. And they've already started. They're going to spend it on economic development. They just paid off a $5 million loan from you river and they're going to hire human resources workers. They're going to hire somebody over in county council. It's just like, it's just a big, another, it, in other words, when the money comes in, it just goes in the same pig trough and they just get their noses in and suck it and they just suck it up. And that's exactly what we said they were going to do. And they're doing it because nobody is, is throwing a fit and keeping track of it. So that's what happens. Now our government is now another $6 million larger every year. Another $6 million. Where did that money come from? It comes out of our, our, our pockets. So our, it takes it out of the economy where we would be buying and selling and buying and selling and returning that money over, turning that money over, turning that money over, buy pants. That person sells the pants. That person makes a wage. He, he buys stuff. When, when government takes money out of the economy, it hurts the economy. And that's what they're doing. They're just taking more and more money out of the economy. And when this 10, 10 years comes up, it'll be very difficult to fight back another 10 years. We're, come, we're going to take a break, come back for our final segment in a minute. I want to play a short clip from my movie, America, in which I posed a question to Charmaine uh, Whiteface, the, um, one of the leaders of the Sioux tribe. Listen. What are the words that come to mind when you hear the phrase, Christopher Columbus? <laughs> a lost sailor. <laughs> Who was looking for my country. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you wish he didn't come. I wish he didn't come. She wishes he never came. So I want now to ask that question. What if Columbus never came? Or you can ask the question in a more radical form that I did in that movie. What if America didn't even exist? What if there was no physical landmass called America? Would the world be better today? No, I don't think so. Now, what would happen to the Native Americans in this country if Columbus never came? Now, one argument is, well, you know, all the stuff that the white man brought from penicillin, modern medicine, 
um, the technology to build buildings, um, the uh, space program. Uh, the Native Americans would obviously have developed all that. Well, I don't think so. I don't think they would have developed it any more than the Asian Indians would have, uh, on their own, uh, brought the things that the British brought to India. Now, the British didn't bring them out of goodwill. They brought them out of the desire to rule and dominate India, but they brought them nevertheless. And so, interestingly, when the British left, the Indians didn't get, rid didn't get rid of all those things. They could have. They could have said, listen, you know, let's pull down all these buildings, these Victorian structures, Churchgate Station right in the middle of Bombay. Let's get rid of it. Um, British brought us all these, you know, hot suits, not really well suited to the climate. We don't need to wear ties. Let's get rid of all this stuff. Let's get rid of courts and democracy and elections and separation of powers and human rights. We don't need any of it. But the Indians decided, no, let's actually keep, I would say, most of it. Yeah, sure, we're going to take Bombay and start calling it Mumbai. We're going to take Bangalore and call it Bengalaru. But even notice that even there, the names are so similar to the original names, so nobody gets confused. Um, and um, so here's the point. The point is this, that um, the Native Americans, as Mario Vargas Llosa said, lived in the enchanted world. Um, the whole method of using reason to solve problems, the scientific method, the method of discovery, all of this was alien to the Native American tribes and alien to many other people around the world. So the question is, is this really a practical vision today? Because people say, well, you know, the world before Columbus was such a paradise. And my point is, if it was such a paradise, why don't you recreate it? Why don't you, you can have it now. I mean, there are Indian reservations all over the country. You could actually decide, well, listen, you know what? Let's go back to living out of the pages of National Geographic. I mean, who needs cars? Who needs electricity? Who needs modern medicine? Who needs casinos? Who needs cheeseburgers? Let's just get on a horse and go look for food. By the way, this and my this little riff here about the horse, even that doesn't really work. You know why? The American Indians had no horses. There were no horses in the Americas. The Spanish brought the horse to the Americas. So even the horse, you know, the famous Indian movies, all these Indians are riding horses. Yeah, they got that from the West also. So point I'm trying to make is that you can't bring the old world back. It's almost like saying, I want to live like a frog. You can't live like a frog. We're human beings. You can't live as if we don't, we're not in the 21st century. And the truth of the matter is if Columbus didn't discover America, you know who would have probably? The Chinese. They discover America. So, you, so which is better, to have been ruled by the West, Western civilization, which along with oppression, remember there was a conquest ethic even in the West as there was worldwide, but the West also brought an ethic of freedom, an ethic of liberation, an ethic of human rights. And if the Chinese did it, if the Chinese came to the Americas, we wouldn't have that, as we see in countries ruled by China. Look what's happening to Hong Kong today. Look, look what they would like to do to Taiwan. So, you know what? I like National Geographic. It's kind of fun for me to, to thumb through the pages. But I don't want to live in the pages of National Geographic. And you know what? Neither does anyone else. All these leftists, oh, Columbus was horrible. They don't realize not just their lifestyle, not just their cheeseburgers and their cell phones, but their very existence. Think of all the Latino people here who are mestizo people. The entire population of Mexico is a mestizo culture created by a mixture of the Spanish and the Indians. No Columbus, you know what? You wouldn't exist. So let's have a little bit of realism in this case against Columbus. He was in many respects a man of his time. But he was also 
a great man, a man of indomitable will. He could easily have taken a country estate and said, listen, I got to America, that's it, I'm done, I'm going to be a lord, call me Lord Columbus. No, he did a second voyage, and a third, and a fourth. Why? Because at heart, he loved the idea of adventure, of discovery, of, with all its hardships, the open sea. He was a man cut from a completely different cloth, of far superior qualities, you might say, than many of the miserable critics who deplore him now. Let me be clear. Look, 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 look at this. Somebody come look at this. Look at this. Somebody come and look at this. Vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Wearing a mask from now until April will save as many as 50,000 lives. You! You liar! One, two, two. Are you stupid or something? January 20, and we're talking now about 15 months ago. You can't even read. More than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's just, I mean, you think about it. Fuck is this asshole? My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack. He has made clear that, uh, uh, All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Hey, old man River, zip it or I'll break your head. Well, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. Bullshit. Or 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 or, or the neighbor, or when you go to church, or when you're no, no, I, I, I. You do you you want you you can do so you you do you can go get vaccinated, America. <laughs> We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. You full of shit. You understand that? You full of shit. You're going the wrong way! <laughs> we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by... The... <laughs> President Trump Bruh. and the Democrats around Bruh. the demagogues around the world Donald, Hump, Donald Trump is re-elected. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm Jill Biden's husband. I work for Cedric Richmond. You on drugs? Kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Hell no. No. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Sick. Freak. Is all that we know. Using bodies up at our final segment and i want to mention a couple people that uh you know we you know i'm willing to advertise for people but i 
I don't make a big deal about it. We just have some basic expenses to take care of. I'm not trying to make a living on this. I don't need to. I I have other ways to take care of those expenses. This is just to cover uh, our mission to get the word out about conservative values, Christian values, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to mention a couple other people that, that make this happen for us. And one is uh, Ted Holmes with The Plumbing Doctor. And they do all kinds of plumbing, anything you can think of. If you got water running and, and septic and, and all that kind of stuff, they do. Uh, they they don't have the big trucks to pump out your septic tank, but they do everything else. And so uh, 530-671-9111. They have trucks that run around kind of white with uh, red on them. 530-671-9111, the plumbing doctor. And they will come out, uh, if you have to, they'll come out seven days a week. All right. And also, uh, Elite Universal Security, uh, there's nothing. I just was over, I think it was by the Peachtree Mall that burned the other day. And it looked like Elite Universal Security's car was sitting over there. And they were monitoring, making sure nobody went nosing around inside that dangerous, uh, toxic mall area that, that uh, hundreds of thousands of square feet of the mall unfortunately burned. Some people probably think fortunately thinking maybe they'll push it over and somebody will buy it and put up a brand new business there. Uh, so uh, Elite Universal Security is located in Yuba County, but it operates all over Northern California. So if you want a job, in fact, uh, I told you earlier, Thrifty Rooters looking for workers, plumbing doctors looking for workers, Ali Universal Security is looking for workers, and uh, they're looking for jobs and workers. So if you want somebody to solve some security issues for you or maybe some vandalism or whatever, uh, Ali Universal Security can help you, and you can go to their website at uh, .com, EliteUniversalSecurity.com, or API-Academy.com, which is their schooling. So... You know, all these guys, uh, Bill Artemico at, at uh, Thrifty Rooter says, hey, you know, we're on a website. He says, hey, I'm just looking for good people, trustworthy people, hardworking people, honest people. I will train you to do this job. Same way with Ted Holmes with Plumbing Doctor and same way with Marty Hecker with Elite Universal Security. If you got to want to and you want to learn a trade, these guys will help you. So you can reach Monty at 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280. If you need to get a concealed weapon permit or renew it, they'll do that for you. They'll also help you. They got taser classes. They got class, all kinds of classes. They, they have them listed there. You can check it out for yourself. So those are our sponsors, and I think I covered them all. Oh, one more. Uh, I was talking to Nellie Garcia on the phone, and I said, hey, how's it going? Is this helping you any? And uh, she'd been doing paralegal work for years, and then she bought uh, out this business, North Valley Paralegal, a few years ago. She's been doing very well. She's a really sharp lady. They're located on 751 Sutter Street in Yuba City. You might think, oh, I don't know. I don't understand a paralegal. I thought if I have a legal problem, I need to go to an attorney. Not necessarily. Most things paralegals can just do for you, and uh, and it's, they're usually more personable. They're they're uh, they'll they'll put more passion. I know Nellie put more passion, and she got a real 
Uh, she has a high level of excellence and honest. She'll do a great job for you for less cost. And you know how legal work get Ben legal legal work can get expensive. So it's worth if you're unsure, just give her a call at five three zero seven five one nine two eight nine and just say, Nelly, I heard this on the radio or on a podcast. Can you do this? Lou said you might be able to do these things. Five three zero seven five one nine two eight nine, North Valley Paralegal. It's located on Sutter Street, right between Amerigas and the uh, Golden Valley Auto Body. It's in a bu- big building there on the south side. So go check it out, and uh, I think you'll be very pleased. I've used I, actually I've used pretty much all these people myself. I just talked to you about. I wanted to mention a couple things. Uh, oh, along the side, uh, the the line of states and vaccines, Montana is the first and only state to ban the requirement of vaccination as a condition of pl- employment. That's a little different. It's not a it's not a passport, but it, if you go in to get hired and they say, "Oh yeah, we'll hire you. We would love to have you," but you're going to have to get the shot. Montana said you cannot do that in our state. Uh, so that's discrimination. You remember the concepts of discrimination? And um, they're not supposed to be able to tell you how to do your health. So I'm going to do a couple things from Chris Ann Hall. She is a very, very bright uh, constitutional attorney. She teaches on the Constitution. And... Uh, so she says this is overseeing that the Biden administration wants to oversee every transaction says, do you want to know why the Biden administration wants to know your every transaction? Please take time to read the following and truly understand what is happening. Executive order 6102 signed on April 5, 1933 by us president Franklin Roosevelt illegally and unconstitutionally confiscated private property, private privately owned gold from private citizens. They came and took people's gold. What was their justification? She said the feds claim difficult times caused people to hoard gold stalling the economy. Difficult times, she says means government induced economic problems. In other words, government created the depression. You didn't, you didn't hoarding, she says people that when the government says hoarding here, they meant people save money, not spend it. Nothing wrong with that. Stalling the economy <clears throat> meant an excuse justified by a completely invented doctrine that the feds have an authority to control all commerce. They do not. Conclusion, she says, <coughs> the government induced economic problems. In other words, they started, they created the economic problems, the same thing they're doing today with the ports. They're the blockading the ports. They're not getting the ships unloaded. They're causing a supply and demand problem. The government created economic problems. And she said the government induced problems of today will create in the minds of the people the justification for the feds to confiscate cash and gold again. Because people have cash and gold. And isolate everyone into digital banking systems so those in power will have ultimate control over how you buy and sell. I was just going through, I was at 
power market. I was at Power Market a couple days ago. I think it was Power Market or Food Max. And they had one of those signs you can print off your computer saying, please use your charge card or exact change. We're short on change. Now, when did that happen? It's just totally a scam. I'm not blaming it on those stores. That's a that's a federal government scam. So the government creates the crisis. Then it comes in and saves the day, supposedly. So it's going to force us into digital banking. So it's a solution, Chris Ann Hall says, is make sure you have a constitutional sheriff, county, state government in that order. We really need to elect. Our two sheriffs are both pretty much constitutional sheriffs in Yuba and Sutter County. They're both running for office again, and hopefully they won't have any competition. They'll just go back in, and we'll be able to work with them. But the rest of the county, they're not constitutional. No matter what Gary Bradford and the rest of his fellow supervisors say, they violated the Constitution in shutting these businesses down without paying people to shut them down. That's that's using eminent domain, essentially. Number two, he says, establish local banking outside the Federal Reserve and the federal government. Sometimes a local bank is different than these tied into the Federal Reserve. And then she says, watch, there's a movie called noncompliantmovie.com. There may be a little fee. That's a movie she created, noncompliantmovie.com. Check that out. And then number four, make sure you are educated and bold enough to have the courage to say, I will not comply. Remember I said to you earlier, you don't have any rights that you're not willing to fight for. So then she does a comparison between the British. What do you have you ever wondered what it was like back in the day when they were discussing? I was talking to this German guy today that from the time the the pilgrims came, which was, was that in 1620, to the time that they declared the Declaration of Independence, it was like 150 years, right? I mean, they got they were very patient with England, and and very. Uh, they weren't they didn't jump to to fight and so chris ann hall compares the british parliament of 1774 to the biden administration of 2021 a comparison of the rulers so she says uh, she says first of all look what you've missed because we haven't taught history in our schools accurately for many generations isn't that sad So she said, December 16th, 1773, our American colonists held the Boston Tea Party to protect their government's laws that were unconstitutionally denying our colonists due process, regulating business and commerce. Remember, I just talked about they shouldn't be regulating and engaging in tyrannical searches and seizures of personal property and private businesses. In addition to these protests, our colonists were resisting and refusing to comply with these tyrannical laws. In retaliation to the protests and resistance, the British Parliament passed the Boston Port Act. Just think of this when you think of all the ports right now full of ships with maybe a half a million containers on them. 
So they passed the Boston Port Act, closing down Boston Port to incoming and outgoing commerce. What do you think is happening in San Francisco Bay, in San Pedro, Long Beach, L.A.? There's no commerce going on. There's no ships going out. There's no ships unloading. There's an embargo going on 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 our own property. So the, the Boston Port was closed down so you so uh the 13 colonies could not get uh, commercial products the newly appointed governor of massachusetts thomas gage would also lock down you heard that term lockdown before personal travel couldn't travel personally just like in vietnam right now and in some places for for americans and out of couldn't travel into or out of Boston. You were held hostage under the excuse of security and safety. Remember that stay in your home. Why security and safety? Don't wash your, wash your hands. Don't stand six feet apart. Do this. Wear a mask for security and safety, right? Gage would eventually allow residents to leave Boston to visit or live in other places. Isn't it? Just think of it. He would allow them to go live in another place besides Boston. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Gage. You don't have you don't have that right. But only after they agreed to hand over their guns. <clears throat> now, Newsom wants you to hand over a lot of money if you leave leave his state. Now, he doesn't think you should have a right to take your money with you. In this case, the Boston, the people in the military would let you leave but they wanted your guns. You can read the full history on this at libertyfirstsociety.com. That's her one of her uh, educational websites, libertyfirstsociety.com. And so, so fast forward, she says, to 2021. The American people, she said, are actively protesting and refusing to comply with tyrannical regulatory and medical mandates that control our lives, our businesses, and our bodies. Our federal government is using the created emergency. They created it out of thin air, people. Oh, well, don't you think that it just was a spontaneous thing in nature? No, baby. No, 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 no. A federal government is using... They're, they're created an emergency to engage in unconstitutional seizures of our property and businesses. They seized our businesses. They closed them down. And it, it costs everybody millions of dollars when you add it all up. Millions and millions of dollars in little old Yuba-Duba. And they, they engage in unconstitutional seizures of our property and businesses, regulations of our commerce, and denials of the process. This administration is using the same manufactured crisis to delay and even prevent cargo ships from transporting goods into and out of America. Retailers are already talking about toy shortages and some even warning of a pending food supply shortage. Is this the modern day Boston Port Act? I think it is. I've been hearing, oh, there's not enough truckers. There's plenty of truckers. I deal with truckers every every week. There's plenty of truckers. While the circumstances she say she says seem eerily similar, one has to wonder if today's administration end goal is the same as the British Parliament. 
and that is to starve the people into submission and compliance. Perhaps if we had been teaching American history instead of Marxist political agenda, she said, we would have been we would have seen this coming and prevented it or at least been prepared for it. Patrick Henry in 1775 said, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is a lamp of experience. I know of no way of judging the future but by the past. We certainly have a great uh, example in Germany and in Russia and in China of, of governments taking over and micromanaging our every life, telling you what, what medical you can have, telling you whether you can open the doors of your business, how long you can stay open, when you have to pay overtime, how much you can pay. They shouldn't be doing any of that. He says it's not too late to learn truth and win the battle for liberty peaceably. Join libertyfirstsociety.com. Now, do it now and get armed with the truth to win the war for the liberty of our children. Because those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat its mistakes. So uh, that gives some perspective on, you think, oh, I wonder, have you ever wondered in the Boston Tea Party why they did what they did? Probably all you do, all they taught was... uh, when I was in school is these guys threw the tea over there is, is a protest, right? We never, we didn't learn the environment that that whole decision was, was, uh, was made in. Um, okay. So let me give you, I'm going to give you a couple more websites that can help you. I haven't given these out for a while. One, if you want help with any kind of medical or mask or or any kind of business things, or you get harassed going into a business, or you want to sort out an exemption, religious exemption, Peggy Hall and her husband, who's a pastor, can help you. Peggy Hall runs The Healthy American she you can just watch her on video on the healthy american uh, .org the healthy american.org and you will be amazed at how bright this woman is she taught for 30 years she taught teachers for 30 years prospective teachers at uh, UC Irvine University of California Irvine so she created this when covid started she had to do something she created it so the other uh, the other uh, websites are chrisannhall.com <clears throat> she has a you can study the constitution with her very inexpensive your kids should do it chrisann k-r-i-s-a-n-n-e hall.com one word also please you can get online courses video courses from hillsdale college but hillsdale.edu it's hillsdale college but the the uh the connection spot is hillsdale.edu. Okay. Then the American view is another con- uh, uh, constitutional. That's where you're getting, you can hear the clips on our radio show, the American view.com. 
All right. And uh, so I think we're done, and we're going to catch you next week. Thank you so much for paying attention to me, and I hope you make right decisions this week. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois law enforcement.